Kelsey Carter joins in the calm. Kelsey is a master of beauty, magic, branding, and human design. She is the founder of Saturday Designs, which blends her craft as a brand strategist and human design expert. In this episode, Kelsey takes us deep into branding with human design and how human design can teach us our exact brand strategy for businesses. For me, human design is like taking a deep breath and to trust who I am. Imagine surrendering into that level of trust with your business. Kelsey walks us through exactly where to look in our human design charts to find our mission, purpose, marketing strategy, and even our best work environments. You're going to want to grab a pen and your human design chart. Let's dive in. Welcome to In The Calm. I'm your host, Georgiana Alexander. Kelty Larson, welcome to In The Calm. Thank you so much. I'm honored and super excited to be here. I know your valley environments and human design, I, I am too, which means that we are going to be chatting and just, I can't even imagine the topics that we'll get into in this conversation, but I'm really excited for that. <laughs> it's so validating. We're both projectors. Remind me again, your lines, what are you? You're a... I'm a 6'2". Okay, 6'2". Easy. Yeah. I, lo- I love the 6-2. I feel like I always resonate with 6-2. I'm a 3-5 projector and it's so fun to connect with Valley as well because it's just like we, we get that element of socializing, but needing the ground. So for everybody that's like, what are they even talking about? Because like, I do talk a lot about human design on this podcast, but you guys are going to freaking die for this conversation because Kelsey's going to dive into all the really beautiful ways that maybe are a little less known to you with human design. So before we even get into that, I would love it if you would kind of like rewind the tape and go back to how you even got into human design and what it has meant in your life. Mm, That's such a good question. And it actually requires me to think back a little bit. I think my story with it is similar to a lot of people's where it appeared I don't even remember how I first came about it but at first I was like no this is weird (laughs) that's how I felt you yeah it's just what is this I don't resonate with it 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 sounds at first it's like what is this some kind of science fiction whatever (laughs) and so it found its way back to me a couple years later and I was still a little bit hesitant with it because There are parts of it, like the big parts of it, like my type as a projector that I didn't resonate with. Mm. And there then, like, as I learned a little bit more about the nuances of it and what it actually meant, I started being like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is me to a T. And it started to open up my mind a little bit more to how some of these other parts that I was like cynical towards at first made more sense. And so it was a slow burn. But then once I accepted it and kind of saw too how it was more resonant and aligned with like my daughter and my husband and other people that I know. And like every time I put the system to action, if you will, it was accurate. And so finally I gave into it. And then that's when I realized like it's a great tool. It really offers lots of different perspectives for how do I want to say it? Like big life things that we all deal with, but ways that we can look at it from just different angles to understand things deeper. So yeah, to answer your question simply, it was 
not love at first sight at all. <laughs> it grew on me, but now I've been learning about it for, I think about five years now and actively like applying it to my life. And as they say in the human design world, like living my experiment for four or five years now. That's amazing because, you know, some people do love it or some people like both of us, it sounds have kind of an aversion to it. It mm -hmm. for me was similar story that it was something that showed up in my life. I'd already, you know, looked into all of these other frameworks and enjoyed them. I'm the kind of person that you can put me in front of any quiz or personality test and like, ooh, I love this. But for some reason, I was like, what is this? I don't want to look at this. And it kept hitting me in the face. Like it, within the matter of just a couple of weeks, I kept seeing it over and over again where I'd never seen it, you know, and I wasn't really looking in new places or looking for anything. And so finally I looked at it and for me, it, it wasn't that I, I didn't resonate with what it was saying about me. It was just, I was like, what am I learning and what am I looking at? But when mm -hmm. I realized that the body graph is, the way that I look at it is like it's an energetic kind of engineering schematic of the way that we operate. And when I realized that piece and how it was like designing our energy fields and the way that we generate and move our energy, I was like, wow, this is really actually fascinating. And then when you dive into the different nuances, for me, it was just deeply validating for mm -hmm. things I'd already known about myself, even down to, and this is really funny for projectors, the way that we sleep in partnership. You know, mm -hmm. when I when I was married young, I thought it was such a weird marriage, like shout out to my ex, you know, <laughs> there were a lot of other reasons we didn't stay together. But this part I thought was like so weird that it, we don't want to sleep in the same bed all the time that we kind of mm -hmm. live separate lives. Sometimes I thought that maybe that was a broken piece about us. Mm -hmm. Turns out we're both productors. And so we mm -hmm. really need that space to process our own energy. So in understanding those things, I was just like, whoa, that's really crazy that intuitively I was already living this design and we are, but it's in the conditioning parts of our lives and of our stories that I feel like we get a little lost and in the gray that, that I love how you said that this is a tool because that's really important I think for people to understand is it's a tool to look at something a bit more tangible about the way our lives, our energy, our functionalities can work and flow, but it's a tool. So if there's pieces that don't resonate, that's okay. You can align to what works and feels right for you at whatever time you're kind of stepping into this wisdom. That was so beautifully said. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. And there's so much I want to say to that, so many different parts of that. But I think in general, the human design system can be presented as almost like you're doomed with parts of your chart, <laughs> right? If parts of your design are there or they aren't there or they're pointing towards a specific thing, at first it can feel like you are doomed. Yeah. And that's not like with the channels, like what? I don't have. Well, it's really weird that you say that because if you're looking at my chart, you wouldn't think, oh, you have an intuitive inclination when I'm so intuitive. It's just kind of mind blowing other than yeah. all the open parts. Right. But like when they kind of say like, oh, well, you're this or for people that are looking like, oh, I meant for this kind of career. Oh, I'm only successful if I have this channel. That's kind of a limiting perspective to approach this with. Right. Exactly. And it's interesting because I think this might just be human tendency, especially with conditioning brought into it, but we want to legalize. Is that the word? Yeah, like legalism. People approach human design through that legalism perspective. If I take all of these actions, I will be worthy or I'll be redeemed mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so 
sometimes I think it's easy to present human design like that, where it's like, okay, I have to follow these rules exactly, or it's not going to work, or I'm doomed or whatever it may be. But then when I started to learn, like it is a tool, just like you said, if parts don't resonate, you can just drop it. And that's what's really cool about it is it's not a religion or a rule system. It's a tool. So if there are parts like that you don't understand intellectually, like intuitively, you can feel it and still live by that and still use it to expand and to learn more and to understand others better, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, human design at its core, it really is about personal expansion. Really well said. For people that are just now hearing about human design, potentially, what are some of the tools that you loved and recommend for those? We're actually not going to talk about the getting to know your chart, the entry level stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that is pretty easy to access. Uh, so what are your tools that you would say, hey, if you're just kind of joining the conversation, you don't know what we're talking about, check this out. I know I have a couple of my favorites. I'm really curious to hear what yours are. Yeah, for sure. I think the incarnation cross is always just so pivotal in people's lives when they fully understand it or not even fully understand it, to be honest. You don't have to understand it for it to have such a big impact. But essentially, Incarnation cross, first and foremost, it sounds bizarre. That's one of those human design things where it's like, what is this? What's an incarnation cross? But really, it's kind of the theme of your energy. It is your life's theme or your life's purpose, if you will. So not just career-wise or work-wise, but just overall. And so really looking at your incarnation cross and even doing a little bit of research about what it means that you're here to do during this lifetime is really impactful because from what I've seen with most of my clients and myself and my friends and family, the incarnation cross resonates very deeply with most people. So just getting yeah. that validation that it it's does like, for me, I mm -hmm. felt very connected when I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I think one of the most powerful parts of the incarnation cross is it really serves as validation, mm -hmm. especially people that are already aligned in their life, they're pursuing wellness, they're pursuing their spiritual growth and really listening to their own intuition, especially somebody like that, like they're really going to just find even deeper guidance, like to their purpose through their incarnation cross. So that's a powerful place to look. To piggyback off of that a little bit more, the conscious sun. So if you're looking at your chart, there's those columns of numbers on both sides. So the left side is called your unconscious and your right side is your conscious. So the conscious sun is that number at the very top of that. If you're looking at it at the right column and the conscious sun gives you such deep perspective into the value that you are designed to give to the world. So especially through a business standpoint or a branding standpoint, it's really just a great sense of direction. But again, it's just validation where someone's like, oh my gosh, I knew it. Like I knew that was <laughs> what I was meant for. Yeah. So those are two powerful places to look and to dive into and go down the rabbit hole for sure. What are some of your favorite places to look? Well, so I was actually, I love where you went with that, but I was meaning tools in the sense of like, I really love the website, myhumandesign.com that people can go and the app. <laughs> That's it. I actually really love where you went with that, but <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not stopping this flow because that was brilliant. <laughs> 
And so anybody that's kind of like, well, where do I find my chart and where do I even begin to know? MyHumanDesign.com has a really great app too on Apple phones or Android phones. And it's a great way because you can tap little icons in the app and it gives you tips and tools about learning human design and, you know, the channels and gates, they express those in mm -hmm. that app as, as gifts. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a fun, interactive way to kind of get familiarized, I think, with human design mm -hmm. or more about your chart. But there's some great books and authors. I actually have some listed and reference. You can access that on my site, but I feel like you have some great tools for people and you have a great community. We're going to talk about as well, a Facebook community that's so great for people wanting <laughs> to learn more. So what are some of your favorite resources that you would point someone brand new to human design? Yeah, like that's a great question. So it's actually right next to me. Some of the human design language out there, it doesn't feel as it's not super easy to digest, <laughs> but there are, you can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. At first yeah, you're like, what language yeah, is that? Exactly. Yeah. But there is one author. I'm actually not sure how to pronounce his name correctly. Do you know this author? Oh, I don't, but we're going to try. So can you hold that up and we can reference yes. this. It's the book of lines. It's discover the person you were born to be by, I'm, I might butcher this. I'm sorry, but Jatan Parkan. I think that's right. That I've never great. heard his name pronounced by him. I've only read his work, but his language with it is very, it's easy. It's easy to understand. He actually takes these very abstract concepts and presents them in a more tangible way. So he has several books that I always recommend to people when they ask. He has like a basic human design one that dives into the beginning, mm. you know, parts of the chart and goes deeper. And then he has one about the incarnation crosses too which is great. And then this one is about the channels and the gates. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Those yeah. sound fantastic. So anybody that's just getting started, check out those tools. You can always connect to either one of us if you're looking for more as well. Reach out on Instagram. Okay. So now the people that are like, this, well, I've never heard of this human design. Where do <laughs> I start? We're actually going to dive into some of the nitty gritty cool mm -hmm. stuff that maybe isn't mm -hmm. talked about. So I am just turning it over to you. Where do you want to begin with this? Because there's just so much to get started in. I love how you incorporate the concept of branding or mm -hmm. connecting with your clients or how to really direct towards soul-led business. If there's any other areas in where people go to find that information or how they can start to think of human design in that way. So wherever, wherever you want to kind of go with that. Yeah, that's a good question. I think human design, it really could be applied to kind of any part of life, whether it is yes. this, right? Or like your yeah. overall just being, or if you want to get specific with like nutrition and health, I think answers can be found in the chart from any perspective, but it's always helpful to look at the energy within the chart from like an actual humanized standpoint. So what I mean by that mm -hmm. is I like like the gates, right? So all of those little numbers on the charts, those are called gates. And so I always like to look at them and picture them as people, you know, really personify oh, yeah. them, yeah. get to know the personality of these different parts of the chart. And then that helps to really understand the system in a livable way to where you're like, okay, so you, you know, with your conscious son in gate 40, that's the gate of deliverance, which essentially means that you as a human, like your word is more valuable than gold. 
<laughs> if you say something will be done, you will do it and you will do it super that well. Is truth. <laughs> yeah. And so like sometimes to my that, own detriment. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Gate yeah. 40 is honestly like a blessing and also a curse because people know that about you. And they're like, oh, we'll just give it to Georgie and she'll yeah. do it and if yeah. you don't want to. But you know, like looking at it like that and like understanding the characteristics of these different parts of the chart, I think is how we can kind of bridge it into different systems and different Mm -hmm. topics or subjects and things like that. I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, completely. And so why don't we do this? Like you've got my chart handy so we can use me since I'm well-versed in branding and my business background. And also I've kind of understand that from the perspective. If you want to kind of talk about different points, I can contribute to that so that way people can understand like oh that's how you would think about branding from that perspective oh that's how I could use this to attract clients or things like that definitely definitely the way that I really love to use it like just from a branding perspective is to create the entire brand strategy from the human design chart so if anyone listening is familiar with brand strategy you know that that's like a highly specialized area and people there are brand strategists out there that charge like fifteen thousand dollars for brand strategy right like it's a really valuable thing when it's (laughs) done right and the thing is it lives in your chart like you you have this the strategy the brand already within you so there are very specific places that we can look on the chart to learn what that strategy is So for you, for instance, like if you wanted to define your brand mission, like what are you on this mission to do? What is this quest that your brand is on to complete? Another way to say this is like, what's the driving force behind your brand? And you can look at your moon gates for this because in the human design system, your moon gates represent this very like momentum filled energy within Mm -hmm. you. Basically Mm -hmm. like what pulls your feet out of bed in the morning. So for you, your unconscious moon is in gate four, and that one is the gate of mental solutions, which means you have a really, really strong mind. You are here to really help serve people by giving them these answers that you figured out with that beautiful brain of yours. So a lot of (laughs) how to or like processes, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then your conscious moon is in gate 11, which is the gate of ideas. So you have, by definition, you have all of these big ideas all the time, and you're here to share that with people. So you essentially like looking at those together, your brand is on this mission to provide answers to people, to provide answers and solutions to people through ideas and possibly new beliefs that you're presenting to them. A hundred percent. And I love that. If you could kind of share with people in this context, the difference, if they're looking at their conscious and unconscious moons, like how that language translates from a branding context is the unconscious going to be more what's felt inside of say me or Mm. as the business as the business person or is that something that actually is going to get represented outwardly you know because a lot of times we're talking about our unconscious conscious sides of what we do some of it's more internal and some of it becomes shown and revealed more external yeah that's such a deep and great question So I want to answer that twofold. And the first part is with human design, especially looking at it from a branding standpoint, sometimes we can think that we need to turn it on, right? Or Mm -hmm. activate it or try in some way to bring this energy to life. 
But the thing is, this is you. This is who you are. You don't have to do anything to activate it or to to turn it on or to leverage it more. Mm-hmm. It's just who you are already. So the second Yeah, good luck that, getting my brain to ever turn <laughs> off with idea it never turns off. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then the second part of the answer to that question is the unconscious and conscious, they're both part of you. They're both like equal parts of your energy. But oftentimes with the unconscious part of our design, we don't notice that about ourselves so easily mm-hmm. because it is like it's it's called unconscious, right? And so other people notice it. It might take a human design reading for you to really see it and kind of acknowledge it. That's beautifully detailed for someone listening and for me (laughs) because I was was like interpreting it a little bit differently. That's so valuable for someone that's stepping into their business. Personally, I do know both of those things about myself, but I also have had a really long work history and history Mm -hmm. and uncovering my mind. And I because my mind is active, I'm looking at like, well, why do I do this? And how do I do this? And what's happening? And what is this about? So I've uncovered those parts, but I'm sure that there are other places in my chart that I might have less familiarity with. So this is so beautiful to recognize too, that we don't have to activate that because mm-hmm. especially in today's language of what business looks like, there's so many models of the way we show up, the way we have to serve, the way we have to turn on, the way that we have to sales pitch. And I love how you say that our answers are right there in front of us. I think they're right within us too, within our instincts and the way that we feel inclined to want to show up is the indicators of where we're going to actually attract the most people, the most sales, the most opportunities. So yeah, so I don't want to stop you. Feel free to keep going on that. On where you are, I just wanted to kind of interject because it's so cool because I hear so often people feeling exhausted and burnout from feeling like, oh, I have to get this many followers on Instagram and I have to post in this way. I love showing up on Instagram and I love posting. I don't have all of my social media up and running yet, but I find it's energizing to connect with people because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But I also tell people that are maybe newer to business, if it feels like a burnout to you, that's because you're being drawn to connecting with people in a different way and finding clients in a different way and, you know, magnetizing opportunities in a different way. Yes, 1000%. There is absolutely no right way to do business except in the way that feels good to you. Just like Mm. you said, there's so many shoulds out there or we see other people doing it one way and it looks so effortless and fun and flowy for them, but we might not be designed like that to do it like that. The human design chart's awesome because it presents ideas that maybe like our ego would reject because it's not as sexy or it looks hard or whatever it may be. Yeah. So looking at it from the energy perspective, it's just so pure. It's our essence, right. you know? Yeah. So if someone's looking at their chart to say like, oh, how do I attract like more sales or magnetize the best clients? What would you say? Mm-hmm. I think that that question specifically, it is important to look at the broadest part of our design, like the, the top layer, which is our human design type. Mm-hmm. Because the, your human design type, basically, for anyone that's not familiar with it or wants to recap, There's five human design types in the human design system. So every single person is one of them. And then I don't think we've mentioned this, but your human design is completely objective. It's based on 
what day you were born, what time you were born, and that determines your type. So it's not a personality test that changes over time or, you know, is dependent on your answers. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so each human design type has this big societal role that they are here to fulfill. And when we each fulfill that role, society functions optimally, I guess. More as a and whole. So, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we all elevate. We elevate each other, right? By yeah. showing up as what we're here, what we came in, designed, and built to do. Exactly. So I think that that's really important to learn about and to recognize and to step into in terms of magnetizing clients. Because, like, for instance, a projector versus a generator they have different roles to play out. And so for projector, this is kind of like the textbook example, right? Projectors, we try to show up like generators where we're going, 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 doing all the things, mm -hmm. being present 24-7 and we burn out. We're going to be exhausted, probably pretty bitter, probably like not present because we're, we're mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. And that's not sexy. Right. Like that's not magnetizing. But when we realize like we are the seers and we see things differently and we're here to share that perspective, that feels good for us. It feels energizing. It feels easy. And so we are, we're in our essence. We are doing our thing. That is alluring to people mm -hmm. because it just feels natural. So that's where it starts. And then looking at deeper parts of the chart, like the incarnation cross, you know, if someone's fully in their purpose if they have fully recognized and said yes to their own personal calling, there's nothing more magnetic than that. And your human design chart can lead you to where you're, you can put your finger on it and say, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I was designed to walk out in my business and in my brand. It's not a direct answer, but those are definitely the places to start. You know, for me, it was so validating when I read the exact name of my incarnation cross. The cross of planning. Yes, the cross of planning. And so the way that I interpret it, and you may have two cents on this, um, but the way that I interpret it was about building communities and bringing people together. And my whole life, I've really been inclined to build communities and bring people together. And I've been brought into businesses where it's about building the businesses and building the communities and bringing people together, not to be the lead of that, but to help bring people together that need one another need to elevate within that community space together. So it was such a big validation for me, I would say, understanding that more because that was my inclination. That was my intuition was guiding me towards building that. It's ingrained in the DNA of what my brand Chaos and Calm is all about is bringing people together so they can serve and build and create and elevate and find deeper connection within themselves through connection with others. And so that piece, as well as this is really funny because when I post random photos of like kitties or other stuff, like just completely random on social media, people reach out and are like, oh, I've been thinking about you. I want to work together. Are you available for this project? However, when I post things that are like, let me tell you this and you need to do this and you need to buy this or you need to, you know, when it's very direct in that nature it doesn't align for people I hear. It's like crickets. It's like, mm -hmm. there's no way to get my message through. There's no way for people to see or hear or understand what I'm saying to them. So when mm -hmm. I just show up and I just say whatever randomness needs to come through, sometimes it's deep and meaningful. Sometimes it's kitty photos, you know, or animal videos or whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't matter 
I think what is put out there from that perspective when you're aligned to who you are on the inside and you're just like going on that instinct of, oh, I just want to connect with people and oh, this made me laugh and I want to share or whatever that looks like for anyone else's business that's listening. It does magnetize because you're honoring your instincts, you're honoring your nature. And that I think is something that people that have only maybe not done business in a time before internet. And I have done business in a time before internet and I have been a part of community building before that was really the staple of that. So how do we do that? We magnetize, we attract, we are all connected energetically throughout the whole universe. And so we're on this grid system of all being connected together and we do attract and magnetize what it is that we set our intentions to. And I think it's so beautiful that the design knowing our designs, honoring that, leaning into that, really trusting in that actually does start to create and build bigger, bigger energy forces that goes out into the world and brings to you exactly what you're needing. Yes. I love everything you just said. And I love that you have those examples of how it's shown up for you. I'm like, listen, I love posting kitty photos. So (laughs) and that's the entire point. Like really in whatever capacity someone is using human design in, the whole point is to let our mind quit driving the car, mm-hmm. right? The big analogy of life here, if we pretend like we're in this car driving down the road of life, our minds are the ones trying to drive and steer and decide which direction to go or when to stop or how fast to go, all the things. Human design is here for us to step into passenger consciousness, which basically means we take our mind and put it in the passenger seat and our wisdom is the one driving the car. Our body is how is another way to say that in the human design system, your wisdom shows up. Yeah, it's the key of manifestation too. Like you set the intention, you kind of know where the GPS is going and you surrender and it just starts unfolding and magnetizing towards you. Yep, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And so like when we approach branding or business from that same passenger consciousness perspective, magic unfolds and it just, it's unexplainable to our mind. We can't articulate that or explain it, but it just, it's, it really is. It's so, I don't want to say easy because I don't think that starting and running a business is supposed to be easy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put that narrative out there, but But it's a lot easier when you're in flow of yourself than oh, in resistance yes. of working against yourself. So, you know, yes. it's like, do you work a job that you hate in a function that you hate? I mean, that's a lot of energy and work. So then doing it for yourself in a way that's honoring, it's, it is a lot easier, you know, when you oh, look yeah. at it from that perspective. But yes. And a lot more fun. Way um, more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always tell my clients, like when they're getting stuck in their head, you know, the goal with creating your brand from your human design is you could essentially create a sales page full of gibberish with like no English words on it whatsoever, no real words, and people would still buy because they <laughs> feel the energy behind it, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, that's what we're doing, like leading through human design. So I love that you have that example with the kitties because your energy is the one driving and people feel that it's not a a mental thing, even though you are here to provide a lot of mental solutions and whatnot, mm-hmm. you've like balanced it so perfectly where you've taken your mind out of that driver's seat, but your mind is now like fully in its capacity to do what it's supposed to do. It's like, I feel like when we really understand the function and, and our design, our human design is a great tool for this. When we can understand 
the way that our function needs to work, it does give us permission to fully kind of surrender and let things work for us and work and flow with us versus mm -hmm. in resistance and making things harder. And you guys, like, honestly, it's so much easier said than done because in a lot of cases, you're going to be going up against a lot of societal conditioning, doing mm -hmm. things. I mean, I can't tell you, I've had so much success in my life. I've been able to accomplish so many things most of which most people don't even know about because it's just not something that I'm like, oh, I've done this, this, and this, and this, you know, I, I'm not out there speaking to what I've accomplished. And I also have this nature of kind of looking like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And people, my whole work life are like, oh, must be nice. You're not doing anything. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I feel like I'm working hard and accomplishing a lot for somebody not doing anything, you know, but it's a way that you're interpreted by others you're gonna have to kind of put some blinders onto that at times and just show up for what is right for you and the more validation you get within yourself that builds and builds upon itself and then you start to be able to more wholly trust what's right for you but it definitely is harder than it just sounds yes it, yeah it's simple but it's not easy right yeah <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love what you said. Trust yourself. My human design mentor, the woman that trained me like on the actual textbook parts of human design and then helped me to actually embody it, meaning, you know, take it from this theoretical place to where I, I was living it. She told me on one of our first meetings ever that the whole point of human design is to trust yourself. And I'll, I never I can oh. still remember exactly how she said that because it was so like clear, you know, that's why it's worth it to learn about the system and to experiment with it and live with it. And like you said, like, be ready to put those blinders on because being able to know that no matter what, that you can trust yourself, mm -hmm. even just knowing that there's something that you can always trust, but knowing that it's yourself, it's invaluable. It's everything. It's absolutely invaluable. It's like becomes like breath to you, mm -hmm. like how we can rely on our breath. We know that, okay, we're going to breathe in, we're going to exhale when we can kind of lean into trusting ourselves in that same way, the way that, you know, our cells operate, the way that our breath operates, all of these things, it really gives you a permission to show up in life differently. And I feel like in that trust and in that permission is when incredible things happen for you. I agree completely. Could not have said that better. So what are some of your other favorite areas to look at on a chart when you're like, oh, let's dive into you and, and your business and what's going to work. Because you guys, we haven't, I mean, you know, I mentioned this in the intro, but Kelsey has the most beautiful branding background and website. So her eye and understanding that then it combined with human design is so beautiful. Thank you so much. So environment is yes. a really really cool place to look on your chart. That has been one of the places where personally I experienced this. And then with my clients, it's like one of the most resonant things to learn about your design. You know, when you understand what your environment means, all the time I see like these, these epiphanies going on in people's heads, like, oh, I get it. That's why that happened. Or that's why that doesn't yes. feel good. So do you want me to dive in? Yeah, talk about, because I love how actually that's how you and I connected was because we share values environment and we yep. were like gabbing about that and was like, yep. oh, I love your perspective. Yeah. 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 It's so, so helpful. The environment on your chart, you have to first download an extended chart to see what the environment is. And 
I'm not sure if Genetic Matrix has a free version, but basically you'll, an extended version just means that you have like the actual body graph thing, the picture yeah. part, and you have some words. And so you'll want to look for the line that says environment. The words I know, does your website where you host free charts, does it show mm -hmm. the environment? Yeah, that one has an extended one. So that one and then also myhumandesign.com has, you just have to go to the website. I don't think their mobile app shows you until it's purchased, mm -hmm. but you can go to the website and look it up for free. So yeah. I'll link those in the show notes too. Okay, great. And so your environment, so what it means from like a, a classic textbook human design standpoint is it's where your energy is designed to live or to be, you know, where you feel most alive, where you thrive. That was the word that you used when we were connecting about that. You said you yes. thrive in these places. And I was like, I love that. So, you know, like literally your environment might be a physical place that feels really good for you to be at. So for you and for me, valleys, we are talking about how we like to be in cities. Mm -hmm. So if you think of a literal valley, you know, there's that low part of, of the land that's very steady, but then there's tall expanses on the side. So you feel kind of like housed and safe and steady, right? And like New York City is one of my very favorite places to be. I lived there for a while and I love it. And I was thinking about it and those big skyscrapers are like, it, it's such a valley environment. But and I love that your perspective of New York City, that you can interpret the skyscrapers as valleys. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing because I don't think that typically one would think, I mean, I, I could see it from Los Angeles perspective because it actually is sitting in a valley a bit. And that's where I spent a lot of time and it feels really good to me there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from that perspective. But I just love this interpretation that you can really carry that anywhere with you. And while we're on the topic of valleys, what is the difference really between someone experiencing wide valley or just normal valley? Yeah, so there's wide and there's narrow. And what that means is essentially in your environment, are you here to watch other people or are you here to be watched? Mm -hmm. So for you, also too, if anyone wants some extra info about environments, they pertain to those little arrows that are up near the top of the body graph. And those arrows are called variables. So the environment variable, the environment arrow is the bottom left one. So Georgie, for you, that one is pointing right. And if an arrow is pointing right, it essentially means that one's more about flow and, <laughs> you know, like surrender and it's more of like that feminine energy, not being caged in, structure isn't a big part of it, really about just like honoring your own timing and things like that. So for you, that means specifically with your environment, like you might do better watching people or mm -hmm. setting the environment. Like you might feel really good if you let's say you're traveling and you have studied about where you're going or ask people for some recommendations for restaurants to go to. Like you, you've observed your environment. You feel like you understand that the resonant. layout of it. Yeah. Does that feel resonant? It does. And you know, what's so interesting about this, and we're going to cover all the environments, but I just wanted to kind of geek out with you for a second is, for example, I spent a lot of time in Istanbul, living there, traveling there, things like that. And I studied about Istanbul as a young child, as a young teenager, and then kind of put that aside and then it showed up in my life later. So it doesn't even have to be immediately before I'm going somewhere. It's mm -hmm. like it's already ingrained in and in interwoven in my fabric and who I am and what I'm interested in. 
So mm-hmm. it's those things of even planting seeds beforehand. So it's really cool yeah. that you you pinpointed that. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, you know, with, with your arrow pointing right, it basically means like you are absorbing the frequency of your environment. Mm-hmm. And so you're very, really sensitive to where you are. If you're trying to, maybe let's say you're, you decide to write a book just for a random example and you're in like your house and it just doesn't feel right. And maybe you need to go to a coffee shop. Like you really do pick up the frequencies around you. You're sensitive to your environment mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So that could mean that your paint color is wrong in your house and you can feel that because you're, you're absorbing those frequencies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To a, there's actually a joke in my family about this because when I was like four or five, I had this little tiny tea set desk like table and it had four little legs it was white and my grandfather was helping my mom by vacuuming by cleaning and he moved the table it was out by maybe a half an inch it was a, yeah. a shift but I come in from school and I walk in the room and every like I throw my body on the ground I'm like this is wrong like I can feel it it was wow. the environment subtlety was shifted even by yep. that half an inch that was not where I left it so yeah, anybody listening, if you are extremely sensitive to your environment, then it's okay because that's how you're built. And there's reasons for that. Like where I'm meant to be that sensitive yeah. to, be able to understand subtleties and shift things. Did you ever watch the show Friends? Yeah. Do you remember the episode where I think it was Chandler and Joey or somebody decided to clean the apartment? I think it was Chandler and he put everything back incorrectly in Monica's apartment and Monica like they were they were all freaking out like trying to get it back because they knew that Monica would walk in and have the same exact reaction (laughs) that she must have been right she she must have had a ray facing arrow I love it yeah that's funny funny. yeah so that's like a really 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 nuanced part of the chart and do you feel like is that is it right arrow do you is for all of the other environments as well that we're going to get into. So it's really anybody with the right face saying this is going to be applicable to them. All right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so they might literally feel better people watching in their Mm -hmm. environment, you know, Mm -hmm. being on the outskirts and just letting other people kind of take the stage, if you will. And then on the flip side, if your arrow is facing right, that means that you are here to be observed in your environment. You're here to be busy not busy like necessarily in a bad way but just mm-hmm. active and doing things and you know really immersing yourself in the environment and kind of being I don't want to say the center of attention because you know you can definitely still be an introvert and have a left-facing arrow but that's kind of what it means is you either feel comfortable diving right into the the fray of it all or you want to kind of be a little bit um more observant on the outskirts with mm-hmm. some space yeah yeah amazing okay so The valleys are where we're going to feel safe by ground level, by kind of being able to walk out into gardens and things like this. But also you can imagine New York City. What are the other environments? Yeah. So I think there's six total. I know them all. I've never counted them. I think there's six. But we can start at the first one. So the first one is caves, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting, right? When people see that on their chart, they're like, caves, what? But what that means is people that have caves for their environment really need to feel safe in their surroundings. Mm -hmm. And this also, so this means literally, but it also very much translates into their online space if they have a business or, you know, anything like that. So cave environments like to feel cozy. They might really like rooms with no windows, 
They do well in places where there's only one point of entry and they can watch it. So a cave environment person, when they go to a restaurant, they might always need to sit where they're facing the door and they can Mm -hmm. see who's going in and out rather than having their back to the door. And if they have their back to the door, they might feel kind of anxious. So with caves, they need to have control over who is coming into their space and who is leaving their space. So safety and and really control is a big part of the cave environment. Mm-hmm. But this could mean that they literally like rooms that are dark or lower lower ceilings. They probably like to wrap up in blankets and get like, you know, a little <laughs> cocoons. Yeah, yeah, really cozy yeah. and that kind of thing. And so um, does that translate in business too, mm-hmm. like with people with caves? Because I love how you describe this in business as well. Totally. So caves environments for business is very counterintuitive. Because everything that we hear from online marketers and whatnot is to make it, make yourself really easy to find, right? Really accessible, make it really easy to navigate through your website and to pay you and to sign up for your courses, all the things. Caves are the exact opposite. Caves need to have like this energetic barrier around them that acts as this bodyguard or rather a bouncer rather of who's coming into their space or not. So that could look like having a website where people only know about it if you invite them or share the link with them. This could look like really not having an online platform where any old person could see you, but maybe you hold calls or share resources through some kind of password-protected platform. Or maybe you really only make connections in the DMs on Facebook or Instagram, like not the cold DMing, but you know, like if a natural conversation comes up. So cave environment in an online environment does not like to feel exposed or in the middle of things. So that could mean maybe you hate posting onto the main feed of Instagram, like on the on your feed page, and you only want to do stories because you can share your stories with like close friends, right? Just small groups of people. So just playing with that. And if you feel exposed, if you feel unsafe, that means that your cave environment wants a little bit more protection, wants a that little bit more of a barrier. An amazing like permission for people yeah. with caves because it totally. is so different than what they're getting fed every day, you know, who they're supposed to be. And so that permission of like, no, what you feel is natural to you. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. And then the next one is markets. Mm-hmm. So market environments, that the heart of that environment is all about really striving for this even exchange of energy. So literal market environments, like places where there is an exchange going on. So you might love to shop or love to be at like outside festivals, right? Or anywhere where there's like creative, energetic, like there's like a buzziness to it, mm-hmm. if you will. And the way that that translates to the online space is if you share something, you want to feel like you've been energetically compensated for that. So that doesn't necessarily mean money, although it definitely can. But like for a business owner that's showing up and they're posting, posting, posting on a platform, but no one's liking it, no one's commenting, no one's, you know, striking up a conversation based on it, that is going to feel really bad for your market environment because you want that even exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as making a shift where you start to prompt people. You know, maybe let's say you you share a Facebook post and you you write it. And then at the end of the post, you put, give me a like if this resonated with you, right? You're like giving them that call to action 
So mm-hmm. again, it doesn't have to be money by any means, but just some kind of energetic exchange is at the heart of the market environment. That's really helpful because I feel like all of us have this like culture, right? Like in us, like we're like, oh, no one's liking this. We're hearing crickets or whatever. But those crickets and where you're not feeling valued or validated, I think that is the call and the sign to say, oh, let's look at this and see where maybe I'm not showing up in my design, in who I am. That was something that really shifted for me in recognizing that when I push and I talk about certain things or share in a certain way, it doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel authentic. And also it doesn't get the response that feels good to me. And I'm Mm -hmm. not a market environment, but I can imagine that feels even more deeply for a market environment. So just, again, that permission to have where they're not getting validation or not getting that exchange to know, oh, I can shift this and kind of put on a thinking cap of, well, what would be some ways that would feel more honoring to me? You know, I love your call to action at the end of the post and things like that are showing up in ways, maybe even environments of working around the environment of like a marketplace Mm -hmm. would feel more inspiring to really Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. illuminate what is natural to them that then while as you put something out there if you're like in a market space that you love or an environment that you love you already feel kind of like you're shining brighter in yourself and then that's going to attract more of what you're wanting to receive yes I love that so much that's such a great point and just action plan for that. Yeah, I love that. I bet that that would make a huge difference for market environments for sure. Yeah, if you're trying to create something from just like your house where it's right. silent, and you're the only if one you're there. you're in a market and you're in a uh, cave, you're not yeah. going to, you're probably going to hear crickets with like right. what you're creating, right? Like you need that inspiration and that buzz. Totally, totally. So next after markets is kitchens. And this is the one that's always so funny when people see it on their chart. They're like, I hate kitchens. Oh, (laughs) it can definitely mean like a literal kitchen. Some kitchen environments love kitchens, but sometimes people are like, I hate to cook. But the kitchen environment, really, what it's all about is your energy wants to be somewhere where there is alchemy and transformation happening. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a kitchen, like a literal kitchen, what happens there? People cook. You start with ingredients and through a process that turns into this beautiful meal that is worth so much more than just the ingredients on their own, right? So thinking about that in terms of, again, either your physical environment or for your business, your online environment, Mm -hmm. transformation is super important. So with kitchens, it's not so much necessarily about where you show up online, but more about what kind of content you're sharing. So kitchen environments do well with sharing stuff that's like before and after. So let's Mm -hmm. say like a weight loss coach, right? Maybe they had a client who came to them for support and help. And then they had a beautiful, tremendous, like very successful transformation into this healthier lifestyle. That would be like a quintessential kitchen environment piece of content or anything like that, your own transformational story, anywhere where it feels like there's like magic happening. And you know what I, you know, what comes to mind is as you talk about kitchens and then people that say, oh, I hate kitchens or whatever. They may be thinking about what has to take place in a kitchen, but if you imagine most kitchens in a home tend to gravitate, it's kind of like the heart of the home and people Mm -hmm. gravitate there, even if there's not cooking going on. It's just, you end up on a counter space or you end up kind of like around the kitchen 
communicating and conversing. So maybe even showing up and creating that space for your community. I don't know, would that be something helpful for people as well? Because it is that transformation. It's like what takes place when you show up in a kitchen and you're all around the heart of the home is warmth, is safety, is transformation. It is that alchemy where you all walk away like, oh, that felt so good to connect this way. Yes, a thousand percent, like really looking at your space on those different levels of nourishment, right? Like, like mm. just like what you're just saying, kitchens nourish you physically, but also from that human to human connection and, and mentally and, and spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. So really like creating a space online that feels like it is nourishing people on so many different levels and layers. Beautiful. Yeah. So then after kitchens is mountains. Mountains is a super <laughs> interesting one. My mom is a mountain, actually. She mm-hmm. loves it. So, like literal mountains? She's, well, she loves the mountains, but also uh-huh. this idea of the mountain. You know, a lot of times she tries to, well, I can, you're going to share, you're going to share about mountains. But so we have these conversations about, I'm like, see, you're just trying to play small and blend in, like over mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, you're meant to be on top of the mountain. Go get back on your mountain and do your yep. thing. She's like, you're uh, right. I love it. Uh-huh. She's I love like, that I'd you like encourage her like out. Yeah, I'm like, get back on your mountain, lady. Yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. And I love that your valleys where it's like she wants high ground, you want low ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so mountain environments, mountain people literally like elevated places, physically like elevated places. So the second floor of their home or, you know, maybe you live like on the in the penthouse, the high rise building would feel really good for mountains. but. At the heart, the mountain environment really wants perspective and space. So somewhere where they can get out and think on their own, whether that is, you know, in their own like bedroom just by themselves for a little bit or going on a literal mountain, going on a hike or something. Yeah. But even more important than space and perspective for the mountain is a mountain environment person is here to call people up to where they are. So just mm-hmm. like what you were saying with your mom, like when you notice her playing small, she's here to be really big and then to encourage other people to climb up that mountain and meet her where she's at. So what right. that means, like in a little bit more relatable language would be, let's say somebody is a coach, a business coach, and they have a client who is, you know, seeking comfort and they're hiding and they're playing small. That coach wouldn't just pat them on the back and be like, great job, like you're doing a good job. They would essentially call them out in a really loving way, of course, but, you know, really challenge that person to expand and to climb up that mountain and to do it, even though it will be hard. It's more of like that tough love approach, Mm -hmm. you know, like the hard truth, but rooted in love, rooted in expansion and growth. But that's like the big defining characteristic of the mountain environment is they are here to call others to them. I have such a funny story about this. We're going to bring back my mom in this in this story because growing up with her, we were involved in business. I was really young when I started helping her. I wanted to buy a horse when I was 10. And so I worked for her in order to earn the money to buy the horse I wanted. But so her approach to training, even as a child, which I loved, it really worked for my personality was to call out those places that I was not showing up in the way that she could see that I needed to. Or, you know, if I did something and I kind of have asked it, she'd be like, no, go do this again. It was more of that tough love, but in a really beautiful, like, 
the nicest way possible, but it definitely was like, no, you're going to go do it again. You're going to do it right. You know, or if you're having a pity party for yourself, I had, I think we were given like three minutes to feel sorry about something and then I had to like get over it and like go and get back on track of like what was really what we were there for. So if it was a real emotional need, that was different. But if it was just like feeling sorry for yourself, there was none of that. There was none of that happening. And it really does elevate you. Like These mountain people, Mm -hmm. they really, really do elevate you. And so, you know, just as I support the people in my life in ways that I can, when I see someone like for her, an example, as a mountain, she's very empathic and she not as a mountain that she's empathic, but just as a person, she's empathic. But so as a mountain, sometimes her inclination is to, oh, I need to go and meet this person at the hard time that they're having or to help appease this situation. And so by her remembering, oh, yeah, I'm the mountain, I need to go and hold this space. So it helps them activate as the catalyst to expand and become the person they need, not lowering where your thinking is, not appeasing or just kind of washing over, patting on the head, as you said. And so when we know that these are our environments and the way that we function, we can not only show up for ourselves, but by holding the truth of who we are in ourselves, it actually activates others to do the same in themselves, which can be difficult. Like for a mountain, if you're not standing in your in your design, it can be hard, right? Because you see somebody, you know, oh, they're over here. I feel bad to be up there. But that's your calling. Yeah, I love that. I love that perspective. You just expanded my understanding of the mountain environment so much. (laughs) That was incredible. My husband is mountain environment. And with our daughter, she's five. He has, he's always saying to her, do it right or do it twice. You know, so (laughs) it's like that. And what is your daughter's, what is her design? She's caves. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yep. That's yeah, so she's always trying to get me to close the blinds and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, you cave person. <laughs> get out of this. But it's true. And I can tell you, like, from an adult perspective, I feel like a lot of times now in our culture, there is this mentality like, oh, we need to be softer. And there's value to, I think, feeling empathetic as parents to really connecting on a deep emotional level with your children. But by not holding them accountable, and that goes to the people you work with, your clients, if you don't hold them accountable, you're discrediting them and what they're capable of. You're not honoring who you are and what you're here to do. And you're really actually taking away their lessons and their challenges by softening those challenge bases and making it softer. You're not giving them the chance to really activate in what they need because our challenges are here to help us actually elevate out of so if we're not uncomfortable in our challenges then we might not rise out and up into what we're meant for yes i 1000 percent agree with that yep so after mountains is valleys that's what we're yes so valleys the heart of the valley environment from a human design like classical perspective it's all about acoustics Mm -hmm. so the actual like sound vibes of a space so if you know we're really sensitive to sound And if the sound just sounds or feels off in a space, we won't be super comfortable there. But what that translates to for an online environment is really communication. And of course, communication is important for every business, right? Of course. But for Valleys, that's at the heart of it and is like what's driving 
really how comfortable we feel in our chosen online space. And so that can translate too into the type of content that we're putting out there. So for you, podcast is such a beautiful example of that. It's all about communication, right? It's about having conversations about topics and you even have like your acoustic stuff set up so that it's the best audio quality possible. It's a really <laughs> it beautiful valley I, environment. Yeah. I'm very sensitive to the sound of things. And yeah. I think it's so interesting when you do lean in and when you listen to what is calling you to show up, because even with this podcast, I wasn't planning to put this podcast out for another year or so from when it launched. And I just kept getting the nudge to put it out. And I thought, why am I doing this? I don't think I don't have the time. I, I didn't know that I wanted to do that. I thought, oh, I might do it later. And it showed up and it is so in alignment. I really deeply love it. I love the people, the conversations, the community that it builds, the resources and tools it offers, you know, for everyone listening. And so again, it's going back to those nudges of like, what is calling and where are you showing up? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And for Valleys, like we were, we were chatting about this, like we like to have nearby conversations happening sometimes mm -hmm. that we're not necessarily a part of. So like working in a coffee shop or hotel lobbies, right, where there's that transient traffic, yeah. even having a podcast, like I like to listen to interview style podcasts in the background where I'm not actually listening to what they're saying, but I can hear them talking while mm -hmm. I'm working on stuff where I need to focus. Yeah. So Valleys is all about like actual literal acoustics and then conversation amazing um, yeah and then the last one is shores so shores is super interesting and i feel like this one is the most abstract in terms of the environments this is the one where my clients that are shores they really have to play with it and experiment a lot to step into a place that feels good for them as a shores environment but shores is all about diversity so any type of diversity, if you think about a shore's literal environment, right, there's all kinds of elements, all kinds of colors, all kinds of sounds, all kinds of everything. It's very diverse. The shore's environment is also all about embracing like the cycles. So if you think about the, the water flow, right, like the ebbs and flows of the waves and the shoreline and things like that. So shores need space. They like to be on the outskirts of things. Mm -hmm. So that might mean that they don't like to really devote themselves to one platform only, but maybe play around on different ones or visit other people. So like a PR approach could be good for a Shores environment where they are showing up on other people's platforms for one podcast interview and then stepping away or mm -hmm. doing like a blog post for somebody, you know, something like that. And question and then, too about the Shores, yeah. do you feel like you know, I wonder how the moon cycles really play into this as well. Because when you talk about shores, I mean, I know we're talking about the environment of spaces, but the cycle and the diversity of things, I can imagine that the moon cycles really play into this persona as well. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. I'll have to ask some of my shore clients if they've ever looked at like the correlation between that. And I would imagine too, somebody that had more of an open, undefined chart Mm -hmm. especially right if maybe there's a reflector with a shores environment that would absolutely that would be so be, fascinating right? yeah that would be really Dive fascinating into. if you guys are listening and you have <laughs> some feedback let us know reach out yeah. we want to have the conversation yeah that's such a I, i'm i mean theoretically i would assume that it would make a huge difference and that's really that's a part of yeah all of the cycles and changes of the seasons and 
the way that the moon cycle impacts the waves, you know, mm -hmm. the tides and things like that. So that diversity. And that could also translate even into the diversity of a home. Like my younger sister is a Schwarz. Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot of diversity in the home and mm -hmm. moving and shifting and things like that. I would imagine like there's a gravitation that even in when the external environment, like the natural environment maybe is still stable in one place, that might translate to diversity in your life or needing a lot of variability, a lot of change and shift to feel that movement that feels more comfortable. Yeah, definitely. And as you were saying that, that brought up another point with Shores that I've never really thought about before. But Shores environment has such an advantage for the online platforms like Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. that are controlled by the algorithms that seem to always be changing. They <laughs> That's true. Probably, yeah, like have this innate ability to just embrace it. If it seems like their engagement is low, they know that because of the cycles, like it's going to come back up. So that's interesting yeah. too. I'd love to hear about that firsthand from somebody. Super interesting. Yeah. See, there's just so many directions <laughs> to go with this. It really is. It's a never-ending <laughs> rabbit hole. The environments are so incredible. And I think it's a great way. I mean, because just as you hear us speaking about this and sort of bouncing around different ideas and perspectives, even through this conversation, this is a great invitation for everyone listening to look within themselves to see maybe thinking outside of the box of what their environment can help them with, you know, right. with the way that you show up or, you know, for example, my program with rituals, we talk about the way that you show up for new routines and rituals and planning in your life. How can you incorporate your environment into that? You know, are you like, does being outside with more of your rituals make you feel more aligned or Again, if you're short, is that variability? There's so many different ways to look at this with the way that you live out your life. And the environment is such a fascinating one because as you can hear, there's so many interpretations and it really is like, what is sparking interest in alignment for you? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, let us know. We want to hear like how you're interpreting this. Just on that note, um, is there any other areas of human design that you really look to with? branding and helping people expand that you're like this is something that so few people know about or is there like any little mysteries or tips in a chart that you look at or like oh I love to pluck this out and bring this to people's attention because it changes the way they think about their business or brand that's such a good question I think I revealed my top secrets <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no yeah. pressure then <laughs> Yeah, I'm just scanning yours right now to see if there's anything else that I'm missing. Yeah, you can like call me out in any area. <laughs> You're such a weirdo over here. Let's let's look at you. Really, I like to look at the gates are really important for the work that I do because they just highlight our potentialities, really. Meaning, you know, none of this is is destined, like written in a chalkboard in the sky that this is definitely going to unfold for you or you're doomed or you have to live your life like this. But it represents like if we were to fully step into, you know, do the work, aka the deconditioning work and all of that good stuff, like this is, we have such high potential in this direction. Yeah. And what would if you say to absolutely and what comes to mind with that is like, what would you say for people that really struggle with this notion of they're looking at their chart and they're like, I don't see success or money or, you know, like a lot of the quote unquote, like 
key factors of what people are looking at as success. I don't subscribe to that, but I know a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, I don't see this in my chart. What would you say to that? So what I would say to that is there is so much treasure literally in every single chart. You know, there's so much, even if you have, even if like, let's say you're a reflector where you don't have any centers defined, like we're looking at the chart, it might not look like there's a lot to dive into, but just because you don't have like a certain channel or your conscious sun is not as specific as somebody else's, there's value in every single chart, just like there's value in every single human. There really is. And there's just so many different angles to look at it from that if you are looking at it in a way where it seems like there's not this potential or there's not the possibility of success, you can look at it from a different angle and find it. I guarantee it. I love that. And speaking from an energetics background and perspective, I like to remind myself and others, you already are in total wholeness. Like you, mm -hmm. like these are things that in the physicality, like maybe you're helping to create and work through. But energetically, you're, you actually are all lit up in all the places all at once. Mm -hmm. And so you can call in that activation where you feel like you need that or that support like from the universe or from the energy dynamic of the world. Like you can actually request that and set intentions that, oh, I really want to feel supported in this way and see what happens in your life and kind of play around with that because it is limitless. And yes. You, and you already are whole. Yes. Yes. That's such a good point. I'm so glad you said that. Because sometimes people will ask like, okay, well, how do, if they have an undefined center, for example, they're like, how do I define it? How do I fill it? And, and it, I'm like, no, no, that, that's not. It's that's good. It's good that yeah. it's undefined. Yeah. 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 It <laughs> doesn't mean that anything is missing or there's a void or a gap or you need to do anything to fill it. It's a beautiful thing and it's a perfect thing. And like you said, everybody is already whole. It's just the, your chart represents how your energy likes to show up. Yeah. Like as an artist, you're here to express creative, right? And so the human design is like how you're here as a human to express yourself and this life. So yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I am so, so grateful for this conversation and for you and getting to know you. I feel like through our conversations and through the Facebook group that you are hosting that I'm now a part of that I love, and I'm going to have you share about, about that in your program too. You know, it's like there's such a humanization that you bring to human design. And mm -hmm. I love that perspective. And I really love the way that you speak through branding and business and potentiality with the way that you think and communicate in human design. So for everybody Thank wanting you. more, tell everybody about where they can find you and also about your upcoming program and your oh. Facebook group because it's super fun in there. Thank you. So my website is the best place to just find out more about my offers. And okay, I'll link that in the show notes for everybody listening. Take a look in the show notes. Yeah. And then thanks to my Valley environment and my Venus gates in my chart, I was led uh, by my authority to create a Facebook group, which I never in a million years would have thought that I would have a Facebook group. But turned out to be like, of course, your authority is always right. So I'm really glad I listened. But anyways, I have a Facebook group called Branding by Human Design. And in there, I share a lot of prompts to share your chart and get some insight into what specific parts of it mean in terms of your brand. There's live readings in there, all kinds of fun stuff and masterclasses. So it's if a lot you, of fun and it's yeah. a great, great group of people that are 
supporting further education within human design with the Kelsey as the lead <laughs> driving the show. <laughs> it's been really fun. And yeah, it's a big human design nerd fest in there. I have a program launching that's going to step into the place of my signature program called Spellbound, The Magic mm. of Client Attraction. And it's all about how to really leverage your human design to attract your dream clients, to really say yes to your calling as an entrepreneur, to learn about and say yes to the work that you are designed to do, and then to just have people flock to you with their recognition and their attention and their investments and excitement and all the things. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really excited to, to bring it to the world. And so everyone can find that on your website as yes. well. Okay, great, great. So yep. again, everybody listening, you can connect with Kelsey in the show notes below, saturdaydesigns.com, correct? Yep. yep. And as well on social media, and we'll link the Facebook group as well. So we can check that out and join and join the fun conversation. It is such an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing all love your beautiful key nuggets and insights into human design. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for listening, for listening to me gab on for an hour about it. <laughs> oh, listen, we could geek out on this forever, no doubt. <laughs> we'll have to continue the conversation, but I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye.